This episode is brought to you by Thorn, the industry leader in nutritional solutions. Now, Thorn is actually trusted by eight U.S. national teams and championship teams in the NFL, NBA, and Major League, as well as recently becoming the official sports performance nutrition partner of the UFC. So when it comes to supplements... The tactical athlete space and the athletic space need two things. We need efficacy, meaning the products do what they say they're going to do on the label. And then we need to trust the fact that we are not going to fail either athletic drug tests or work-related drug tests. Now, Thorne has actually been around since the 1980s, where they were used by physicians and hospitals for nutritional supplements for the patients. They were so successful that athletic teams and even special operations teams reached out to them and they started supplying them as well. Very recently, they actually opened their doors to the general public. Now, what sets Thorne apart is they manufacture their own products in a state-of-the-art NSF-certified facility in South Carolina. They use only the purest possible ingredients formulated with no stearates or arbitrary fillers in the cleanest manufacturing process. Most of you listening come from a profession where it can take its toll physically and mentally, and many of us are not able to bolster our nutrition purely with the food that we eat. And that's where supplementation comes in. So if you're ready to maximize your health and performance, visit thorn.com, T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Take a short product quiz to be paired up with the perfect health and fitness supplements. And for you, the audience, if you use the code BTS10, behind the shield 10, BTS10, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you want to learn even more about Thorn, go to episode 323 of Behind the Shield podcast and you will hear my interview with Wes Barnett and Joel Totoro from Thorn. This episode is sponsored by 511, a company I've used personally for well over a decade and continue to use to this day. And they are offering you, the audience of the Behind the Shield podcast, a discount. Before I get to that, I want to highlight a couple of products. So Footwear has been a big issue, and we all know that these heavy-duty work boots cause a lot of issues with joint health and fatigue. Listening to the responders in the field, the military in the field, 511 have reverse-engineered and created some incredible footwear that is much more lightweight, just as durable, and minimizes both fatigue and damage to the joints. One of those is the Norris sneaker. I have a pair of those myself. They are incredible. And the other one is the AT trainer that has the Atlas system, which spreads the weight of the load over the entire foot, thus reducing fatigue and long-term damage. Aside from footwear, they have the backpacks. I have the AMP pack myself. They're civilian clothes, the jeans, the shorts. I absolutely live in these days. The flashlights are some of the brightest I've seen, and they last an incredibly long time on one charge. The list goes on and on. Now, because 5.11 cares about you, the tactical population, they are offering you a discount of 15% on every purchase that you make. So go to 5.11 Tactical, use the code SHIELD, S-H-I-E-L-D, and save 15% every time you shop. And if you want to learn even more about the company, listen to episode 338 with co-founder and CEO, Francisco Morales. Welcome, guys, to episode 377 of Behind the Shield podcast. As always, my name is James Gearing, and this week it was my absolute pleasure to sit down with the president of Thorn, Will McCamey. So we discussed a host of topics from his own journey into the supplement business, Thorne's journey from originally supplementing the medical community through to now the nation's most elite athletes. 
We discussed the research into Parkinson's and concussion protocol and so many other areas as well as in-home testing and some incredible innovations that are happening in the supplement world. So before we get to that conversation, as I say every single week, please just take a moment, go to whichever app you listen to this on, subscribe to the show, leave feedback. I really do read your feedback and leave a rating. Every single five-star rating truly does elevate this podcast, making it easier to find for other people searching for a project like this. And this is a free library for you individually, organizationally. So all I ask in return is that you help share these incredible men and women's stories so I can get them to everyone else on planet Earth that needs to hear them. So with that being said, I introduce to you Will McCamey. Enjoy. All right, Will. So firstly, thank you so much for inviting me down to your beautiful home here. And uh, for people that aren't able to see, where are we on planet Earth right now? Well, James, uh, I, I really appreciate the fact that you drove down from your home to my home. Um, we are in Winter Park, Florida. So Winter Park is a small uh, community outside of Orlando in central Florida. Um, I have, uh, I'm a graduate of the University of Florida in Gainesville, just north of you, fellow Gator like yourself. And, um, Winter Park is a lovely community that is to the north of Orlando. And you are at, at my address, which I don't know if I should give it out on the podcast, I but <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, but we are, uh, yeah, we're, we're here right now and the weather is spectacular and beautiful and it's great to be here. So thank you for uh, having me. Beautiful. Well, I'd like to start chronologically at the very beginning. So where were you actually born? And then tell me about your family dynamic, what your parents did and how many siblings. <laughs> Should I lay down on a couch for this? <laughs> you can, yeah. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> so I was born in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I'm the offspring of a uh, naval aviator. Uh, my father was uh, in the Navy. And my mother was a mom, an awesome mom, um, and uh, born in Pensacola. Dad uh, then instantly, as soon as he got out of OCS, uh, enlisted, went and volunteered to go to Vietnam, and he flew in Vietnam. Uh, flew uh, two tours in Vietnam, was shot, shot down uh, five times, um, pretty well decorated, pretty, you know, badass. Um, had a very good military upbringing, moved around a lot when I was a child, uh, have, have a younger sister by four years, um, lived overseas, as we talked about, lived over in England for about four years. My father was a, a, a exchange pilot for the uh, Royal Navy. Um, he then uh, proceeded to work his, through his career um, and became the commanding officer at Guantanamo Bay. So think Jack Nicholson and a few good men. And but not necessarily that that brash. Um, but I had a very uh, my mother was the rock in our family because my father was uh, he was on deployment, uh, had a variety of different tours. Uh, I had a really cool experience with my kids recently. And we went and visited the USS Yorktown in Charleston. And we'll talk about the Charleston connection here shortly. But looking at the USS Yorktown and the history around that and the history of naval aviation and what it means and what it represents and gave them kind of a really good understanding of uh, what it means to serve, 
what it means to do things for your country. Um, and that was what I kind of grew up with. I kind of just, it was seemed to be like a normal thing that my dad was gone six months out of the year because he was out at the time fighting communism, you know, back in the seventies and eighties. And, uh, that just made sense to me, but yeah. Um, you know, it, I had a, uh, if you ever watch the movie, the great Santini, which is a wonderful, wonderful book by, uh, uh, Pat Conroy, uh, there was a little bit of that in my upbringing, but, uh, overall the upbringing was fantastic. And my parents gave me a, a really good understanding of responsibility and duty to self and duty to family. And that's important to me. Beautiful. Well, I mean, I would be, you know, a terrible interviewer if I didn't ask about your dad's time in Vietnam. So what were some of the stories he told you as far as being shot down and, and managing to escape? So... Which I'm going to go back to the USS Yorktown exhibit in Charleston. They have a Vietnam exhibit there. And the uh, what was spectacular, and I, I didn't put two and two together on this, but uh, he flew SEAL teams in Vietnam. And, and you understand that what was kind of crazy, James, is he was doing this this really kind of makes me feel really insignificant, you know, <laughs> at 23, 24 years old, flying Hueys and, you know, and bringing operators in and out of the different dynamics and the different uh, missions that they had within in, in, in theater. And uh, the squadron that he flew in was called HAL-3, uh, which was a specific squadron that flew only Navy SEALs. And I walk into this exhibit that's right by, so the USS Yorktown is the aircraft carrier that's was uh, decommissioned back in 1975 and is on an exhibit in, in Charleston. Spectacular. It's beautiful. Everybody should absolutely have an opportunity to go check it out because it gives you an amazing history of both, uh, everything from the Civil War all the way through to, uh, to present day. Um, but they have this Vietnam exhibit. And I walk in with my sons and I'm like, holy cow, that's grandpa's squadron. Oh, and really? I had no idea about it. And there's this amazing plaque, you know, that is commemorating the, the lives of the, uh, of the operators that were, uh, that were killed in action and what they did and the history of it and what, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was just, it was incredibly powerful. Um, and I had a great feedback and, and discussion with, uh, with my dad about it. And, you know, I, I mean, the, the, the discussions and the stories are not, you know, not that flamboyant. They're just very matter of fact on this is what I had to do and this is how I did it. And that was it. You know, it was really interesting having conversations with my mom and dad after that or excuse me, um, in the past about how, you know, in their 20s, they just gave birth to a baby boy. Dad leaves. Mom is like, eh, I, I don't even know if he's going to come back. We'll see. Whatever. And then he showed back up. <laughs> so, <Hey>. And it worked. <laughs> you know, but I think my mother is definitely the rock because she took care of my sister and I um, and basically kept our acts together and disciplined us. And I was actually more afraid of my mother than my father. You know, he'd come back from cruise and it's like, oh, OK, cool. He's back. But if you pissed off mom, then it was it was game over. Yeah. Now, what about the the effects of war, I mean, especially the Vietnam generation? That's one group of men and women that, that didn't get the ticker tape parade. You know, they, they had quite a negative um, reception. Did he 
ever struggle with you know either things he saw and did in that actual time or just just kind of transitioning out of the military being around a group of you know men and women that he worked alongside to to transitioning out i think that um i think that and this could be another conversation where he could probably be a guest on your podcast uh to ask him that question specifically i think that he managed it effectively um I think he was fortunate. I'm sure that he has, and we've talked about this at a variety of different levels, but I'm sure he's <clears throat> compartmentalized certain things just like everybody does. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think that his experience grew him as a man and grew him as a, a leader and grew him as a father. Um, that was, you know, that really contributed to, you know, the success of our family. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you mentioned Charleston, one kind of tangent. Have you been to the Slave Museum in Charleston? I have. Yeah. Yes. So it's very powerful. As we are recording this, it is the 3rd of November. So obviously a very political day. Not, nothing to do with you know, race. It's the election day episode it is. Of, of Behind the Shield. Yeah, one of two. I've got another one. I've got a Navy <laughs> captain this evening as well. So oh, awesome. Much better to interview great leaders than to be transfixed with the television looking at people... Uh, screaming about figures hundred <laughs> percent so, totally agree with that but um but yeah so, so that's a beautiful beautiful way to educate yourself on you know our the dark past of our history and when i say our oh, british too and i didn't realize sure. i think i talked about this once on the podcast before but i was well aware of slavery as a young young man for some reason as a, as a child i was kind of intrigued by it and you know horrified by it but i always as I got older, I was trying to work out why we didn't really see it in the UK. And what actually happened was the Europeans went, bought the slaves from these tribal members that were selling them. It's another element people need to remember is that they were sold by African uh, nations. But then we brought them to the US, traded them with cotton, with tobacco, whatever it was, and then went back to Europe with our hands clean. Go, slavery, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So it was it was very powerful to see that actually laid out like, oh, no, you know, this is this is exactly what some of your people did. But what was interesting is at the same time, Britain was going through immense poverty. So people assume like all white people benefited from slavery, for example, and it was absolutely wrong. And I think that's something that we're seeing now is when you look at slavery, the few made a huge amount of money off off the masses. It didn't go to an entire nation. It went to a few, you know traders a few yep. greedy men and women yep yep very controlled in that sense yeah well we this i mean this is a great time to discuss it as well so this is election day as i was mentioning to you i just did a, a walk about the uh, okoe massacre and how long have you lived in in the orlando area now so i've been in central florida uh living here officially since 2002 so 18 years um prior to that for the most part i even though being a military brat i grew up in and around different locations, as I mentioned, lived overseas. Um, for all intents and purposes, I went to high school and, and grade school up in the Jacksonville area. Uh, but when I was at college at the University of Florida, uh, and what drew drew me to the Winter Park area uh, is that a number of my friends at, and in college all grew up here. So I've, I've been familiar with this area for at least 25, 20, 26 years. But you sharing with me what was going on with the Okoe massacre was, I blew my mind. I had, I had no idea about it. And I would, I'm, <laughs> one of my notes for the day is to go look more into that. And I don't understand why it's not much more prevalent in terms of a discussion about it. 
because it's from what you shared on your experience, it's incredibly compelling. Yeah. And I'm not even going to share it because I want, want us to be focused on what we're going to discuss. But for everyone listening, look up the, the Okoye massacre. Look at how, you know, an entire skin color was stopped from voting and then the, the murder that followed that and then driving an entire race out of the city of Okoye. Um, if you haven't heard of that story, I hadn't until two weeks ago. We just did a ruck to commemorate it. I highly advise you Google it and, and educate yourself because it's a, a very dark chapter of American history. Something that, you know, is not rife now, but definitely is an underbelly. And that was KKK led as well. So crazy tangent to start this conversation about supplementation. Yeah, we're really, kind of going, we're really going down a different rabbit hole here, James. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Shield podcast. Um, so anyway, back to your your childhood though. So you, know, you have this this military father. I got to go back on the. I got to get back on the couch. Yes, exactly. Yes. So right. tell me I'm about back it. on the couch now. So what about athletics? Were you a sportsman when you were young? Uh, yes. <laughs> My sons will tell you differently, but yes, I played I played soccer and I swam in in high school, and was. Uh, it's funny because I wanted to go out for the football team and be a kicker because I was actually a pretty good soccer player. Um, but my friend and I were walking down the hall in high school and they said swim team tryouts. And we're like, wait a minute, we can go see girls in bathing suits. And it just made sense. So we went out and I learned how to wear a Speedo and I swam. And actually, I couldn't speak more effusively about how swimming is uh, an amazing, uh, an amazing exercise, an amazing process, uh, amazing in terms of building discipline, uh, flexibility, and things of that nature. And so, um, yeah, so I, I swam and uh, and uh, I went to state finals for two years, which I got some props there, and then uh, was pretty effective in in soccer and. That was my uh, that was my gig, and did a little bit of swimming and a little bit of soccer when I was in college on Beautiful. a club on a club level. So. Yeah, so like people that, that ridicule the male cheerleaders, I'm like, dude, they get to hold cute girls all day. I, <laughs> you get yeah. to put your head in a dude's groin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, if I could have been a cheerleader at the University of Florida, I would have. I tried out to be Al- Albert the Alligator, um, <laughs> and uh, I placed second in the tryouts. To the guy who, at, when I was there for uh, my four years, he was at the Albert mascot for three of those four years. And the only reason I think he beat me was because he could do, he literally could do in, for the listeners, I don't know if you know who Albert the Alligator is, but he could actually, he was about five six, and just ripped and in such great shape. And he literally could stand in the costume and do a flip. Oh, really? A front flip. Damn. He just, boom. Do it, and I was just like, "Mic drop, I can't, I can't compete. I'm, I'm out." So yeah, so that was, uh, that was my last, uh, uh, my last athletic claim to fame was the attempt <laughs> at that. All right, well then, what about career aspirations? When you were high school and college, what were your plans back then? Uh, I wanted to be a chef. Really, I did. Yes, um, and uh, worked in restaurants. Uh, I faked my way into convincing a manager at a restaurant that I was actually 18 when I was 15, which goes to show you how bad of an individual that guy is. Um, <laughs> to, so I could start waiting tables because, it, because it allowed me to, it allowed me to make more money. 
Um, waiting tables was a lot better money than washing dishes. Um, and uh, and then I got involved in the kitchen. And in between summers at college, I lifeguarded and uh, worked in kitchens and uh, spent a couple summers up in uh, upstate New York working in some kitchens up there and apprenticed with a couple chefs and was all excited to do that and then got sidetracked. Now, whereabouts in upstate New York? Uh, just outside of Syracuse, Oswego and in Syracuse in that area. Okay. So um, uh, in, in that area and uh, still have great friends and and, uh, and great relationships with the people up in that area. One of my good buddies still has to this day a catering company that we did a lot of really cool things for most importantly was uh catering the rolling stones on their private jet when it was sitting in syracuse national airport before they uh were playing at the carrier dome and uh uh got to see how rock stars are incredibly demonic and how they feed themselves and eat very uh voraciously um with incredibly bad manners so that was interesting (laughs) I didn't realize I ate. I thought everything went up the nose. <laughs> yes. So, no. But, uh, you know, did that and then um, and uh, and then uh, after graduating from college, had uh, an opportunity to, uh, I managed, a, um, for all intents and purposes, managed a, a small concert tour. Um, as a result of that, the relationships I built out of that, I got connected with a radio station and I started doing uh, radio in Philadelphia, um, which I got a degree in finance at the University of Florida. So how do you go from finance to radio? That's a question my dad asked on a regular basis. What are you doing and why? Um, at the time, he was in Cuba, so he really couldn't <laughs> he couldn't give me <laughs> I didn't really have any shackles at the time. Um, but it was a it was an interesting experience and um, gave me. I think some profound opportunities and, and uh, abilities to confront challenges with public speaking and crowds and things of that nature. Um, and, uh, and then through a variety of different circumstances, such as in the radio business, things change and I was let go and I got into the vitamin business. Now, you mentioned um, before we start recording about your own personal health. So I'm assuming the way you framed it before that the the position that you had, you know, was was had an element of glamour about it. And you were you were able to party and, you know, mingle a lot. And how did that kind of impact your health as that kind of 20 year old? Yeah, 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 it was I was I was living hard. So it was, it was a long, it was, you know, it was burning the candle at both ends. And, um, I, I, uh, (laughs) it, it was being out all night and then getting on the air at five in the morning and then cranking out and then doing it again and doing it on a regular basis. I think that, uh, the, uh, the way that life works is such that, you know, it worked out that, um, the transition happened and um, it gave me the opportunity to get into an industry that uh, really made it not only an impact on myself personally, um, for my family um, and for my friends, um, but, you know, makes an impact on a variety of people's lives that, you know, now 
25, 26 years later um, is is very gratifying in that sense. Right. But had you had you been going down a health journey after that 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 found you excuse me that led you to the supplementation or was it more of a kind of absolutely next, not no absolutely okay. not so it no 100 percent. no it was 100 gotcha. was just completely <laughs> furnacing everything going on as fast as i could breaking the handle off and just going absolutely nuts if you know and uh and so then i i'm out of a job and i am in southern california with my grandparents who lived there at the time and i meet a uh, girlfriend of mine uh and her husband a a girlfriend of mine and her husband and she and she happened to be the lead technical writer for a company called metagenics and metagenics is a prominent and great company in the practitioner nutrition space and she's like you know i know you're I know your butt hurt that you're no longer a superstar in radio <laughs> and your ego is hurt, but our regional guys in Florida are hiring. You should talk to them because I think you'd be great. This company is awesome. This is what we're doing. We're doing some phenomenal things. Um, check it out. And she made the introduction and opening for me and I ended up getting a, uh, a job in sales. I came back to Florida and was in South Florida uh, down in the Fort Lauderdale area. Beautiful. And this was how long ago? 95. Okay. So that's 94, a good, 94, 95. Beautiful. So that's a good kind of you know, timeline we got to set zero on then. So me personally, I have seen, you know, coming from an ex-phys background, um, you know, some great supplementation. Um, and then what I've seen is, you know, a huge amount of companies that seem to be all marketing and no product. So from your journey being actually involved in the supplement space what have you seen the last few decades um as far as you know pros and cons but but um as far as what supplements have claimed to do versus what they actually do so you and i spoke about this earlier but i I will tell you unequivocally that this industry is rife with the triumph of marketing over science um and I think what fuels everybody at Thorne each and every day is the fact that we're incredibly science-driven. Um, we don't compromise on that whatsoever. I think that um, the barrier to entry in getting into this industry, which is both a blessing and a curse, is in, uh, it's not even there's not, you can't you could you basically can step over it. It, it, it's, it. It's non-existent. I mean, you and I, James and Willie, could make a, a line of supplements tomorrow. And I can put put us on the phone with somebody who could get, you know, two pallets of that delivered to my garage tomorrow morning. Um, or actually within about six to eight weeks because of lead times. Um, and COVID. But, <laughs> but, yeah. But I think that um, what we're doing at Thorn. Uh, and which I'm sure we're going to chat a little bit more about is focused on the legitimacy and the science around nutrition. Um, and I think over the last several, uh, over the last several years, there's been more validation within the medical community showing that on a truly integrative approach, you can get great outcomes and you can help people get better. And that's what we're really focused on and what we want to, you know, really emphasize. Uh, emphasize for people and so you're looking at it from from just day-to-day health to chronic illness yeah 
because what I've seen again from from the last few decades is you know you can have someone will say let's take CBD for example so more recently oh I tried CBD it didn't work what's that well which one did you try well right. you know I went to the gas station and there was some you know well it, that's not the same as pure third party tested you know CBD I know that's not something that you guys deal with but um, there's this this whole wide spectrum between a bottle having a label saying something's in there and actual efficacy. So again, what is what is the spectrum that people can be as exposed to from you know thorn level efficacy to the other side? Well, I think that the one thing that people have to understand is you the high quality and low price don't go hand in hand. And so if you're going to have, especially in the, in in this industry. If you're going to have super high quality products, they're going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, you, you just can't have a high quality product and a super low price. Um, it doesn't it doesn't work in that sense. Um, what we have tried to do without getting into the morass of a marketing battle with everybody is we've tried our best to partner with opinion leaders, teams, strength and conditioning groups, different partners to demonstrate our validity and what we're doing. We have an extensive portfolio of unique products. A lot of companies out there also do. But we really focus on what we can do for our partners, both physicians, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, and, and, and folks that want to help their patients to get the best, possi- best positive uh, and best possible outcomes. And that's, you know, that's, at our, that's at our core. Um, and make the cleanest, purest, most hypoallergenic products, yeah. period. Well, you guys have have a facility in Charleston where you make yours. Correct. So again, I'm just trying to kind of paint the the picture of best and worst. You know, obviously, I'm putting you guys in in the best category, and there may be other companies out there that can stand right alongside you. But it's the worst that I you know I see a lot of. It's the worst that cause these athletes to fail drug tests or even first responders to fail drug tests. It's the worst that make people sick, make their heart rate go through the roof. Um, so you know what. What are some of the the darker sides of supplementation? You know, what what are some of the horror stories? Let's put it that way that you've heard about um, impure products in in this industry. Sure, sure. Um, uh, products testing out of spec and still going to market. Products that are, and when I say out of spec, meaning they don't meet label claim. Um, they they might fail heavy metal testing. They might fail pesticide testing. They might fail, um, you know, the uh, in- ingredient testing components out of that. I mean, we test our products. Our testing methodology is excessive. We spend our QAQC budget is north of about 8% of sales, which I don't, I couldn't comment on other companies within the industry, but I think it's pretty, that's pretty high. Um, we have a uh, 6,000 square foot, uh, amazing QAQC lab facility at our, our facility in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and, you know, the amount of resources and, and effort that we put into testing the products. And then additionally, I think part of the reason that we're so well regarded, and I say that very humbly uh, within the sport community, 
is because we also have a very extensive portfolio of NSF certified for sport products. So whereas you'll get companies, and I'm completely pulling this out of nowhere, but it's like Muscle Milk or Muscle Farm or some of these companies that have an NSF certified for sport product, they have a number of different SKUs that are different flavors, which is awesome, and they're good products. Um, but on those protein products, but we cover not only a protein product, but we have all sorts of other different therapeutics, well over 38, almost 40 products that are NSF for sport certified that allows us to work with the strength and conditioning coaches and dietitians within these professional organizations, as well as the NCAA, uh, that allows them to be able to get the best results for their athletes. And just for the listeners, getting the NSF certified for sport certification is not only testing to say that, hey, I have a vitamin C that has a thousand milligrams in the capsule, but it also screens for about 700 different banned substances. So it prevents what you just alluded to, James, which is the athlete testing positive for some type of contaminant that's within within that product. Um, there's a lot of ways that companies can kind of skirt the issue. And and I've actually seen it firsthand, unfortunately, uh, in my career. Uh, where they just kind of are able to kind of push it to the side and say, in the interest of getting product out and getting product sold, let's just go ahead and move it. You know, and I think the one thing we've done at Thorne um, and our you know management team has been together since the day we uh, we we bought the company in 2010 is that we uh, the management team has no um, we have we have no say over anything over QAQC. So if QAQC says nope, done, we can't make a commercial. Uh, we can't make a commercial uh, discussion or a call on that because we leave it up to them, a hundred percent. Love it. All right. Well, I've had a few people on the show that obviously are huge advocates for it as well, Jeff Nichols. But I had some that are in the hospital setting that I asked about it, and they said, yeah, we used to use Thorn a lot, you know, before they transitioned out to the careers that they're in now. So I think it, I did do this with Joel and um, Wes, but I think it's a good thing to recap. So tell me about Thorne's history, because I think that's the, the longevity in the true wellness space, I think, is very powerful as well. Sure. Uh, so Thorne, uh, we've been in business over 35 years. Um, like a number of companies in the space, like I mentioned, Metagenics, a number of the different brands that I'm sure your listeners are familiar with, uh, Back in the 90s, actually starting the 80s and 90s, they all were very entrepreneurial companies. They were all husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, families that all created these great wellness brands and great wellness opportunities. Um, Thorne was founded by a husband and wife. Uh, they were based out of Seattle at the time. And he, <laughs> uh, the founder wanted to be a thorn in the side of the industry. Because he knew he started seeing all the BS that was going on in terms of how they were spiking the product, reducing costs, trying to you know get around corners and and kind of skimp on certain things. So he and his wife said, "We can create our own company." Uh, again, Thorn. If we had an E at the end of it, it'll sound more effective. Okay, great. So now we sound like it's almost British Thorn. Mm, that's why I like and it. And then and then. <laughs> And then, uh, and then they said, let's add research to the end of it. I mean, it was literally, it was, it was that simple. I go back to the, I go back to the example of the buried entry to get into this business is really kind of, is, is low. Um, 
And so they created a brand. It was out of the Pacific Northwest. And at the time, the market in particular was around chiropractors and acupuncturists and naturopaths and nutritionists and massage therapists, the people that are much more holistically uh, focused on things. And so this is the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and Thorne built up a huge reputation on. And one thing that this founder did was he said, you know what? I'm going to make the products with out any type of excipients or flowing agents because they're not necessary. You don't need them. And built a built a platform around, hey, look, it's not that magnesium stearate is bad, but you don't need it. You can make a product without it. Now, what ends up happening is it takes a little bit more time. Um, it is a more a little bit more artisanal, if you will. Um, and uh, it's a little bit more challenging, but you get better products. And so you built this incredible rep- reputation for having extraordinary products that were hypoallergenic, that were the cleanest and purest that institutions and medical groups and people wanted to do research on. Um, and, uh, and as such built a, an, an amazing brand. And so when we made the, dis- the decision to acquire Thorn, it was not from the standpoint that it was this incredible sales machine. It was more from the standpoint of like, okay, if I can get a good high quality product that has really bad sales and marketing, because by the way, this guy was, a, was a complete, he was really out there. And he basically said, I'm going to build the best products. And if you want them, come find me. He had no sales marketing. Nobody knew about it other than the, you know, other than the guerrilla marketing and the, and the, the, the ground level grassroots way that he was promoting, he was promoting the brand and built a, a vociferous following out of this. Um, we felt that, Hey, it's a lot easier to get a brand that is, has kick ass products but bad sales and marketing as opposed to finding a brand that has great sales and marketing, but kind of bad products. And so that's what gravitated toward us. And it worked out well with uh, he and his wife and we acquired the company in 2010 and have been going ever since. Beautiful. Now, what about the, um, the professional sports and the, the tactical population as well? When did they start kind of cross pollinating from this medical audience that you initially had to, to that consumer? Right. So I, we, as we started, as we started growing the business and started growing the company, realized that our practitioner base is always going to be our bread and butter. We're always going to be committed to them. We're never going to abandon them. Um, but at the same time, we realized there was opportunities within the professional arena, the strength and conditioning arena. I'd have to say that, you know, the, the in, inclusion of Wes and Joel, who were on one of your previous podcasts, um, as well as the rest of our sports performance team, um, Tom Pazernick, who I know you've talked to, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and Mike Shelley and Jeff Ricondo, um, you know, we brought those people in that helped us to network with um, the groups. And we had a number of professional teams that wanted us to be the official nutritional support sponsor of the Buffalo Bills or of whatever it was. But we found that going in the back door and working with the strength and conditioning staff was much more effective. We had a, it was a much stickier experience 
We had a much better way of educating them to understand what worked and what didn't work. There wasn't a lot of sizzle. I go back to the com. I, I always say this, that there's a triumph of marketing over science. We're not the most splashiest marketing, you know, marketing group, although my chief marketing officer will shoot me for saying that. But, <laughs> uh, but we are very authentic and very effective on being able to communicate that you're going to get great outcomes with what, with what we have. And so as a result, over time, we just started to build a reputation and build a collaboration with all these different entities. And I'm, we're, I mean, completely blessed and, and thankful for our relationship with Jeff Nichols, with uh, Bert uh, Soren at Sorenex and our relationship with Sorenex and support them, you know, to the ends of the earth on that. Um, working in the tactical and the, uh, the first responder uh, space with the variety. I think a lot of it, that dietitian, nutritionist community that helps to support all of your, all of your tribe and your people um, is incredibly effective for us. Um, and that's made a huge difference for us. Absolutely. Well, what about, um, does this take the tactical community? What, which kind of products did you find were really, um, yeah, you know, they gravitated towards when it came to enhancing their performance? Um, I think that, well, there's the obvious ones, which is the protein, creatine, beta alanine, things of that nature. But I think what we really um, were able to make a difference on was a lot of the gut health components um, and looking at the the relationship between the gut brain axis, um, the gut immunity axis. Um, the this could be a whole other podcast, um, which I can get somebody that's incredibly more well qualified than I am to go through this discussion, but. You know, 80% of the immune system, 70 to 80% of the neurotransmitter system is all around the gut. And um, helping those providers normalize a lot of gut issues has a profound impact on how they then, what the outcome is for their day-to-day life. They can sleep better. They're not as edgy. They have, don't have as much anxiety. They have normal bowel movements things of that nature, uh, make a huge difference. And we have solutions and programs that are geared around being able to support that endeavor for those types of people. Well, that's a good segue. You told me about Effusion. So while we're on gut health, tell me about that technology. So Effusio. Effusio, I'm Eff- sorry. Effusio. Effusio. Let me get rid Effusio. of that. Effusio. <laughs> but Effusion is good. But Effusio is a new endeavor that we have that is uh, a, a new line of printed supplements um, that allows us to be able to use a print technology that prints a solution on a food substrate. You take a disc or a square, but it's a disc, drop it into a glass of water, and now you're able to get your supplements. So our intent is looking at this to be able to, and Thorne is the exclusive provider of manufacturing for Refusio with our partnership with them, um, that uh, gives us the ability to reduce waste, have an impactful uh, solution, uh, have, you know, reduce the environmental impact on a variety of different levels, um, looking at how exercise, nutrition, supplementation plays into what's been going on with the pandemic, um, and so we have just launched at effusio.com, E-F-F-U-S-I-O.com. Uh, we launched a, a prebiotic, which is a formula that helps to feed 
good bacteria within your gut. Um, and we also have a sleep and energy and a, um, uh, a children's multivitamin that'll be coming out later this year. Oh, good. Cause I yeah. actually, I, he's actually a little bit too old now, but I was talking to Tom about that for my son. Cause I've, I've been giving him, I forget it was one of the nature's way or something. Yeah. One of the ones that, you know, that seems better in, yeah. in the supermarket. But again, I wanted to get him thorn, but now he's actually on the regular, you know, two a day that you guys have. I take the, you know, the elite one, which I, again, I, I've had so many, so many um, uh, baseline um, comparisons now because I've taken lots of other supplements in the past. I mean, the probiotics are a perfect example, all different shapes and sizes, different companies. And I can say hands down that the, the daily, um, you know, the, the elite daily multivitamin and then the probiotics are incredible. So for him, you know, I don't know if vitamin D is a thing, especially at the moment where all these kids are being scared into <laughs> staying inside yeah. the whole time. Right. Um, but yeah, so, but I think the children's multivitamin, I know you have one, then, then it, then it, um, you know, got reformulated. But I think that's, that's going to be a huge one because all these adults that understand their health, I think it's important that we get these kids in nutrition because, you know, a lot of us aren't able to get a complete spectrum of nutrients in our children's food, especially if they're eating at school. 100%. 100%. I mean, I always recommend, listen, if you can have a great diet and you can get everything you need from food, that's awesome. Nine times out of 10, you can't. So you need to fill in, you need to fill in the gaps, um, which is totally fine. Um, I think I, I'm most excited about our Fusio option for, for kids, for the kids vitamin, because I love our kids vitamin that we have, but it's a capsule. And some kids are just like, I'm not going to have a capsule. And they, you're just like, no, I'm not going to take it. And so I think this gives a, a great opportunity for it. And it just, you know, the, the, the print technology, being able to uh, print what we're doing with, uh, with, with in, in a therapeutic and efficacious amount uh, gives us the opportunity to be able to be different than gummies. Gummies seem to be very popular. My issue with gummies is you need to have like 20 of them if you want to get a, a meaningful and efficacious dose. Um, typically got a little bit of sugar in them. Um, not horrible. I, there's some good gummies out there and, and I, I, I get it. Um, but I think what we've been able to do with the Fusio gives us the opportunity to completely differentiate and, and kind of change the game on, uh, on delivery systems for, uh, nutrition. Yeah. Well, I love the environmental element too. I mean, you know, is it going to make a huge impact in the world? No, but every single, um, the opportunity we have to minimize waste is huge and it's one of the, the most heartbreaking things we started talking about it before we were recording was i saw this beautiful aha moment about environmentalism when we first went into this pandemic when the right. cars went off the road you know and the boats were out of the canals in venice and we were seeing air quality and water quality um and then it just seems like the pendulum swung the other way now every single thing is wrapped in plastic and put in plastic boxes and you know you know, like you're saying, you go to a restaurant now or whatever, they're just going to drop plastic forks and knives and 100%. everything. So hopefully we can swing back the other way. But yeah, if you can avoid a giant tub that, you know, pills come in, the protein powder with full of fillers comes in and you can minimize that waste, that's just another positive move that we're making towards not only our own health, but, you know, the planet's health too. Absolutely. You know, and I think the... What we were able to do with the Fusio is not only have efficacious ingredients with, you know, no artificial sweeteners or fillers and so forth, 
But it also gives us the ability down the road to truly personalize it to where I could do a lab test on James and then come out with you push a button and I print out what is exactly available for you. And then you do the lab test on Will and it prints out exactly what's available for me that might be completely different from you. And it do the lab test on your wife and it prints out exactly what's right for her. So there's a lot of really cool different dynamics that we're building a lot of uh, focus and function into. Beautiful. Well, you mentioned testing. So I know there's the whole at-home test range now. So tell me about that. And then if there are any kind of new tests on the horizon on that side. So we're very focused on, I think one of the things that when we bought the company was we were very focused on not wanting to be a company that just sells a bottle of pills. That you have to be more than that. If you really want to differentiate yourself in the in the health and wellness space and really be able to get positive outcomes. Um, and so we've invested a lot of time, energy, and, and resources into both things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And so we have, Thorn to this day has 10 different at-home test kits where you can test uh, testosterone, sleep, stress, weight management, fertility, heavy metals. Uh, and they will send a kit to your house, go right off of, of thorn.com, sends it to you, and then gives you a recommendation based on your results. When your results come back in two to three days, populates it, gives you diet, lifestyle recommendations, um, as well as a solution uh, if it's uh, salient and makes sense for you. Um, I think the most exciting thing that we've done, and based on our investment in technology, is around our uh, platform with longevity and longevity is a entity that we have that thorn is uh, thorn is partnership has a partnership in um, and is you'll see here in the course of the next uh, few months how it's going to all roll out into our thorn.com platform but we've got three very very cool tests that go through longevity um, our co-founders in longevity are two amazing individuals that are have a massive background in artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, as well as uh, uh, looking at the microbiome. Uh, individual from uh, from Stanford and Mount Sinai, Joel Dudley, uh, and these. I'm, by the way, I'm I'm throwing these out here because these are going to be your next podcast. <laughs> uh, and Chris Mason, who is from Cornell Weill, um, that are incredibly well referenced, well-articulated, robust amount of education behind them and is, have worked with us to develop our gut bio test, which is a microbiome test, uh, develop our perform bio test, which is a combination of a microbiome as well as a hormone panel. Um, and then we just recently added to the team, a gentleman by the name of Nathan Price, another guest for the podcast, uh, Nathan uh, and his uh, partner, Lee Hood, were the founders of Aerovol. And Aerovol was a uh, combination testing methodology and platform that looking at uh, optimizing healthy aging. Um, that raised a, a, a lot of money in the venture capital uh, arena. Um, they were based out of Seattle, did a lot of wonderful good things, um, but one thing led to another and uh, they ended up having to close. Um, but Joel Dudley was good friends with Nathan and Nathan came to join us at longevity and has brought with him 
um, age bio. And I think age bio is the most compelling and most economically sound testing opportunity for people that are looking at defining between chronological age and biological age. So to get your chronological age, you just need your birthday. You know, I'm October 27th, 1968. For everybody listening and they want to, you know, shop ahead to avoid the rush for my birthday next year. That's great. (laughs) So I'm 52 years old. Um, But through the beauty of AI and machine learning and the algorithms we developed with Nathan and his team, you can then go ahead and take a look at seeing what you have as it relates to your organ age. So meaning that what's your liver age, what's your heart age, what's your lung age, what's your kidney age, what's your pancreatic age, and so forth, and then develop through an algorithm then what your what your biological age is. And Nathan has an amazing story, and I, I, we're gonna be totally you're totally doing a, a podcast with him because he's he's amazing. Where is that they found that between men and women, when they found the women that were doing things in a healthy way, they were able to improve their biological age by an average of like 1.7 years uh, per year. Um, and with men, it was around 1.2, 1.3. And he was very excited because when he got his results back, it was like 2.4, 2.6. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I realized I'd been walking to work. I stopped driving. I started walking to work. I said, you know, you're doing these tests, you know, and the tests are relatively economically pretty straightforward. You're using blood tests that you might already have on file uh, or and for a a very nominal cost, 39 bucks. And then or you can go to Quest or LabCorp and do a, a standard blood draw and go through the dynamic of understanding how all of this affects the overall outcome for uh, the overall outcome for you uh, in your day to day life, um, and it's a little less intimidating than doing, you know, a complete major panel workup and getting to sit down with, uh, with you know with the doctor in terms of hey you're not you know you're not Saquon Barkley or you're not you know an ultra uber elite athlete you're. 45 to 50 year old male or female and this is what you need to focus on and so i think one of the things we've done is we've wanted to be able to marry testing with product with a teachable moment so you know we've, we've kind of come up with a component around uh test teach and treat uh i i go one step further and say test teach and transform um, to be able to give people an understanding that it truly isn't a personal, it truly is a personalized moment that allows you to optimize your health so you can become your better self. That's really what we're focused on. Yeah. Well, I think that's brilliant. I mean, that's the first time I heard part of, you know, what you just discussed. But when you mentioned the tests that are out now, testosterone, huge issue in the fire service or, you know, in, yep. in any of the professions, um, sleep, stress, um, fertility. I mean, all these are things that we suffer from, even heavy metals, especially in the fire service. 100%. I mean, who knows what we're absorbing in 10, 20, 30 years, even if we're being diligent. Um, but what I, I know the solution is a great blood panel, but sadly, there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's a company I just had on um, LifeScan who do a good job yep. of that. But it's very hard for the average person who's not, and that, that's a department specific. You have to go as a department and, and you know, have a contract with LifeScan yep. to do it. Yep. It's very hard to go to your regular GP and be like, hey, can you do a proper blood draw? 
because the reality is, sadly, most GPs don't even know what they're looking at when it Correct. comes to that level. And that's no disrespect to GPs, but it's a different kind of level to understand inflammatory markers and all these these preventative markers versus coming in and saying, ah, oh, your blood pressure's high, here's some pills. Correct. So when I see, you know, what you guys offer through the website, it's a great first step to get an idea, a snapshot of of what's going on. And then like you said, there are there are solutions. There are lifestyle solutions and there are also supplemental solutions. So I know, for example, that, you know, testosterone, this sleep is huge. But if there are some other supplements that we can take along with, you know, heavy lifting and some other things that we know work, we can help elevate that testosterone, which should then hopefully have a ripple effect to fertility, better sleep, all these things. Absolutely, 100%. And I think kudos to um, our, you know, medical and marketing team at Thorne on being able to if you go through thorn.com and look at our home testing platform and and drill down through there, it's incredibly seamless and uh, easy way to be able to get that information for a relatively modest cost for those particular tests. So perfect example with with you know with firefighters um, looking at heavy metals and seeing what their exposure is to mercury, cadmium, lead. Etc. From on the day to day grind, what you know, what you and your your colleagues do on a on a regular basis, uh, plays a huge role in that and have an understanding of that. And you're right, the regular GP probably isn't going to think about running to do a heavy metal test on you, other than doing a, actually a regular chem screen and seeing what your blood pressure is and what your cholesterol is and what your liver enzymes are. Um, so we have the ability to through Thorn.com through our website going through. An understanding of making it easy, simple, and uh, actionable. Beautiful. Well, another another um, product that you have, and I don't know if we discussed it with Wes and Joel or not, but is the nootropics. So is it Memoractive? Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Um, so tell me about that, but also kind of tie into that some of the stuff you've done with the Mayo Clinic, because I know there's you know concussion protocols and Parkinson's and some of the research that they're doing along with you. So how do those two intersect? Yeah, so I think you look at, when you're looking at Memoractive and you look at what we're doing, it's, it's, I'm going to kind of look at it separated in two spots. So what we're doing with Memoractive is we, uh, we, we felt we wanted to be able to build a best-in-class uh, best neurological cognition support product. Um, has We have a lot of, uh, of the, uh, the folks that are in the video gaming space that are big fans of ours. We have a lot of folks that are in the computer programming space that are big fans of ours. We're using a, a variety of different ingredients that are looking at cognition, looking at blue light interference, looking at the ability to be able to calm the mind. Um, and so, which is, it has a huge impact on looking at the cortisol and stress hormones that uh, have an impact on, on being able to get good rest. Um, and so Memoractive really kind of meets the needs out of that, gives people focus, gives folks the ability to, uh, uh, to, to recover more from the day-to-day grind when they're kind of hunched over the computer, if you will. Um, the work we're doing with Mayo, which is pretty uh, interesting, is geared around looking at both prophylactic management of concussion as well as uh, as well as uh, uh, acute management of concussion at the time of concussion. Um, and we're going to be making some announcements uh, in the near future about strategies around that, but really kind of taking a look at um, 
concussion management, the components that help to support that area within brain trauma, um, looking at cognition, looking at recovery, um, and then at that point of time, in particular with both athletes as well as with uh, uh, operators, responders, and so forth, that and even folks with that are going through PTSD, looking at then therapeutic interventions that gear around a higher level of focus on managing those things for a, a small amount of time. That's really where we're you know devoting a lot of resources and time and and, and research efforts to. Yeah, see, I think that's that's fascinating because one thing that, that a lot of people don't know is, from what I've been told by all the experts I've had, I've had on, is obviously concussions, TBI, you know, they're they're interrelated. But then sleep deprivation mirrors the same damage as TBI, so the, the myelin sheath is kind of stripped away as well. So if there's a supplementation answer to one, then there's a supplementation answer to the other. So over and above actually getting good sleep. And most of the people listening don't have that option, you know, in in a lot of their work week. So if there were some supplemental options that would help kind of minimize the damage or even repair what we're exposed to, whether it's through trauma, head trauma, whether it's just pure sleep deprivation, I think that's very exciting. Yep. Yep. I I mean, we could just again, this could be another podcast on biochemistry on this, but you're looking at, you know, compounds like curcumin looking at a B vitamin called riboflavin, you're looking at things like NAC. One of the, one, I think one of the most compelling ingredients that's out there that we're, we, we were the first company to introduce this into the market, um, especially in the, in the practitioner space, is nicotinamide riboside. Um, NR is you know, the main component that helps to drive the production of NAD, and NAD uh, produces you know, massive amounts of mitochondrial biogenesis which you know is not only activated in energy and 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 focus but cognition and brain health and when you go through a TBI you go through some type of uh some type of uh you know activity there you produce a massive amount of what's called parp um polyad polyadenosine ribophosphate which steals NAD from your brain. And, and, and the addition of nicotinamide riboside brings that back to be able to save PARP, which is like the healing mechanism for things that are going on. And we're learning so much cool stuff on the, the research side geared around this um, that it, that's really a lot of the areas that we're focusing on in terms of being able to bring good solutions to the various different communities that we work with. Yeah, I think it's very exciting. I mean, even recently, I learned that um, Alzheimer's, they're calling type 3 diabetes now. So a lot of these degenerative diseases, Parkinson's obviously is going to be tied in with what you're talking about sure. too. But, you know, it's, it's exciting, but it's also tragic that we look back and go, well, you know, this is another preventable disease. I'm sure we're going to find that even with cancers too. Yep. But, you know, it, at least now there's an understanding. And then, like you said, if there's a supplementation option over and above nutrition, sleep, exercise, mindfulness, then especially if you're in a space like most of the audiences where we just don't get to control certain days of our lives. Um, you know, that NR is funny. I just I just came across my desk. Um, I can actually say this on, on, on the recording. Another company asked if they could come and sponsor the podcast, and they do that. And I was like, I'm sorry, Thorne already does it. So that's a conflict of interest. <laughs> but, uh, but I haven't tried that particular one myself. So I'm curious about that because even as a retiree, there's still brain fog. There's still memory issues that I'm combating two years after being retired. What's so, my name again? 
I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's, but it's very true. So seeing science like this is very encouraging because the more, um, the more we see that we can reverse disease, we can reverse damage, whether it's, again, all the lifestyle practices, like you said before, diet and nutrition are yeah. so important. But if there are other tools to kind of stem, stem the gap and, um, you know, fill, fill the, the areas where we're not able to, to bolster it ourselves. Right. Then that gives us a level of control, gives us a level of optimism versus going down the pharmacological route, which never seems to end well. Right. Which can be problematic. But when used appropriately, can be complementary and can work. Depends on the individual. It goes back to the personalized type of strategy that you know, we advocate. Beautiful. Well, I, I want to kind of reiterate again with the UFC because it's one of my favorite sports. I'm not, you know, a huge football, baseball um, uh, spectator. But again, tell me about how they came in because that's definitely a sport that's kind of been riddled with um, controversy when it comes to testing and supplementation. So how was that uh, relationship built and how is it now? So the relationship with UFC was built uh, geared around uh, and and frankly, I give all the credit to one of your previous podcast uh, guests uh, or two of your podcast guests, uh, Joel Totoro and Wes Barnett. Wes, who is our uh, who is an Olympian um, and is our uh, VP of Business Development and Athletics, and Joel Totoro, who's our um, our performance dietitian. Uh, and, and, and really kind of has a relationship with the group over there. And I, I, I mentioned earlier that we kind of go in the back door with all these organizations, um, and work with their strength and conditioning and nutrition staffs. And this is a perfect example of that. So Joel and Wes were incredibly tight with the group there, uh, with Duncan, with Clint, the people at the UFC PI, um, the UFC, Thorne's objective was not to be on the, uh, you know, on the gloves or in the octagon or anything of that effect. We were very compelled by the amount of uh, support and work we could do with the UFC Performance Institute. And they have an amazing, uh, absolutely amazing 30, 35,000 square foot facility in Las Vegas. I think it's expanding like double that. Uh, and then they built like a 90,000 square foot facility in uh, Shanghai. And we were very focused on the relationship with being able to support their athletes and the, the studies and the work that they're doing with them. And I think one step further, Jeff Nowitzki, who um, I, I believe is their, uh, he, he's one of their you know, senior level executives as it relates to uh, partnerships as well as, uh, as well as athlete health, was, uh, was pretty emphatic on making sure that we were going to be the choice for them uh, as a nutrition sponsor because they had a number of different companies that were kind of chomping at the bit wanting to work with them. Good, decent companies, no problem whatsoever. However, Jeff knew a lot about our history, knew a lot about what we mentioned earlier and the fact that we have almost 40 different um, NSF for sports certified products. And the last thing that UFC wants is they want a fighter to uh, basically fail a drug test because of a supplement they took that, uh, and it's happened in the past and it's happened repeatedly and they don't like that. It costs them a lot of money. Um, and Joel and Wes were 
instrumental in being able to bring together that partnership and allow us to work with their strength and conditioning staff. And we have an amazing relationship with them and we are very supportive of what they're doing at the PI. Uh, and we're looking at uh, a number of different initiatives here in the coming years to uh, look at research and development uh, on solutions to protect their athletes because their athletes are just, I mean, you're a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, their athletes are just absolutely massive specimens um, that need to be protected as they continue on through their careers. Yeah. Well, and then I think this is an important thing just to kind of highlight that you are their official supplement because to me, the reason I have quite a lot of MMA fighters on here is from a tactical athletics point of view, the unpredictability of that sport, you know, the the need to be explosive but to have stamina and you know you're not tagging off on a on an ice hockey bench yeah. or oh it's defense now i get to rest no no you're in there the whole time um there's so many parallels so the fact that that particular sport you were the ones they chose out of every single supplementation company on the planet not only for you know efficacy but also for trust element um i think it's huge so i mean i i personally think that speaks volumes well, I appreciate that. And I think that, you know, again, I go back to the team that Wes and, and Joel, you know, kind of head up, um, that they've done an amazing job in working with these different folks. And there's a reason why we're in well over 120 different professional locker rooms and in a variety of different NCAA locker rooms. Um, the, it's very humbling to know the superlatives that we have relative to the products that we've been doing in terms of supporting those different athletes on what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. But for sure, the, the UFC guys, my goodness, uh, what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis is like, is, is incredible. And so supporting them is, is, is truly humbling in that sense. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, you know, obviously a lot of the more well-known teams and, you know, the American teams. Um, but one thing that I just found kind of doing some research, my old CrossFit coach, when, um, when I first joined the box that I'm at now, was involved with NASCAR. So he was the strength and conditioning coach for the pit crews. And I saw that you've aligned with Team Penske. So tell me about that. So we've aligned with Team Penske. And actually, just to throw in another one, no disrespect to Penske at all, but we also align, we are also going to be announcing we're aligning with Roush Fenway, um, which is uh, another, another group. But we've worked with uh, Team Penske with their NASCAR pit crews, their Indy car pit crews, and their uh, IMSA supercar pit crews, um, and have a great relationship with their, again, goes back through the strength and conditioning coach you know, connection and relationship. And I'm going to make another shout out to Sorenex um, and our relationship we have with Bert and their entire team there uh, on the connections that we've made through supporting Sorenex um, and what they've been able to uh, provide us in terms of connections and, and, and relationships. But we, for the most part, are working. Look, I mean, to sponsor a driver, it's going to be millions of dollars. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to get the guys that are jumping over the wall and getting an extra tenth of a second, an extra, you know, five tenths of a second to, you know, Im improve on a lap and be able to finish and, and win a race. Um, so with Penske, we have an incredible relationship. John Rowan, who's their head strength and conditioning coach, is amazing. He's awesome. Uh, his team, they have a, a very robust strength and conditioning program that they go there. All of their guys uh, and gals are on you know a variety of different things based on what their individual needs are. So we've done a combination of testing products, 
uh, diet and lifestyle recommendations uh, to be able to maximize their output and be able to allow them to get through the season and uh, and, and perform to their, their optimal level. Um, and we, uh, again, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Roush Fenway, we'll be doing a similar thing on a, a little bit lower level because they don't have as many teams as Penske does. But, you know, again, we're looking at supporting the backbone of all of these organizations and their their uh, their staff to be able to maximize the opportunities for their athletes. Beautiful. Well, you mentioned Sarnex and Bert. Bert was on the show uh, probably about six months ago now. Um, and I, I love seeing this cross-pollination of these companies that stand side by side, 511, you know, Jeff, yep. Nichols, I mean, all these different groups. Um, what is it about Sarnex that you like so much? Well, I have my off-the-grid rack in my backyard right here. <laughs> but he I've got, released I've, that during I've, the pandemic, didn't I've he? Got, I picked that up during the pandemic, yep. and, and, and all my kids, we all train on that. I have my, uh, I have all of my CMBs down in my garage, which I'll show you later. I have uh, a, 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 just a ton of bumpers downstairs and a couple bars. And Sornex is, to me, uh, and I tell all of our folks, I even tell, I, I mentioned this, uh, on one of our board meetings the other day that they are the best representation of an amazing kick-ass family-based company that you could ever have that are genuine, that are unique, and that are compelling and will have your back. And basically, that's who we want to do business with. Um, and so it was this very, it was just a blessing when we became involved with them. And I, I give a lot of testament to, uh, Tom Pazernick and Mike Shelley, our sports performance directors, because of their relationship with them. Um, and I know Bert's super busy and it's got a lot of crazy stuff going on and so forth. But, you know, Sornex, um, to me is the, the apex of performance in terms of, you know, athletic, uh, and, and, uh, racks and athletic gear and training and 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 so on and so forth and the organizations and institutions that they're affiliated with um that they've worked very hard to build that reputation and do that from from pops to you know what bert does with his team and their team is just is amazing and so we're very very fortunate and feel very blessed to have a good relationship with them brilliant yeah i would love to develop a relationship with them and the fire service that's that's kind of when this thing is is you know blown over a little bit i think uh you know, knowing knowing their history, knowing that they're you know truly American made, and you know there's nothing wrong yeah. with, with importing, but I mean I think we need to support you know national industry as well. But seeing them trusted by the SEALs, the Army, all these different you know oh, yeah. tactical professions, I think uh, you mentioned mentioned the CMB, the Central Mass, excuse me, Center Mass Bells. Yep. I mean there's a lot of innovation that they have. Um, Bert was saying that I think he was the one that came up with the landmine initiative or yep. concept. Um, yeah, I mean I think it's another. Great, great company. So I like talking about other companies with with people I already align with. Hundred percent. I mean, there there is. I, I will run through as many walls as need be for Sornex because I think they've done a. A, I think they do an amazing job for uh, for their their clients and for athletes in general, and I, and they've done an amazing. You know, I mean, we've we've got an amazing relationship with them, and my. Sornex Yeti is right here as we as we're talking. So. I've got I got the shirt. I can't, yeah. I can't remember where I got it from now. Actually, oh, it was at a TSAC. Yeah, one yeah. of the one of the conferences. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, it was a medium, so my my stepson has it now. But <laughs> I looked slightly effeminate when I wore it. <laughs> so it looked like a Baby Gap T-shirt. It did. It did. It did. And I don't even have the body to make that look that big. But <laughs> 
I want to transition to some closing questions, but before I do, you know, you've got this whole spectrum of, of products that, that Thorn has. Is there any technology, any innovation that you want to make sure that we talk about before we kind of round off? I, I think the I think the biggest thing coming out of the pike is what we talked about with Effusio. Effusio, I think, is going to be a game changer. And yeah, I think it's a little premature right now as we talk about it. I, I gave you samples. You're going to be able to take yes, them with you when I you will. leave. Um but I believe Effusio is going to be the most groundbreaking component in the dietary supplement business in the next four years. Um, no, we have no one's going to be able to touch us on that. We're going through some uh, dynamics on product development side on things, um, and which is great uh, and very exciting. Um, and I think then I think the other thing that is I don't want to. I don't want to be so product specific. I want to really understand. I want to let your listeners understand that it's critically important that you understand what you're taking and why. Um, and that goes into our test, teach, and transform methodology. Test, teach, and treat methodology, and why we're making a massive inf- making a massive effort on testing. Um. And that our age bio platform, I think, is going to be next year with some our the strategies that we have in place is going to be one of the most compelling things that people are going to be learning about. Um, and I'm really excited about connecting you with, you know, part of our medical staff. You know, we're very fortunate that we have well over a dozen different MDs, PhDs, naturopaths and uh, nutritionists on our staff. Uh, in particular, in the leadership role with Joel Dudley and Nathan Price, our chief medical officer, Bob Roundtree, another guy you can have on your podcast, uh, who's in, um, amazing in functional medicine. And, and having that ability to know that testing is really going to dictate what you know you he need to take. Because everything else is just kind of a shot in the dark. It's like, oh, James, oh, you having a hard time sleeping? All right, take some GABA and some magnesium. See how that works. Take some valerian. Oh, take some hemp. Eh, see what works with that. But when you're able to test and really kind of go down that road and see where the the dynamics are that you need to fill in the gaps with, it's so much more strategic and so much more effective uh, in terms of the outcomes. And that's what you're looking for is the outcome. You just want to be your better self every day, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when the tests come back, it's not going to say you need more protein and creatine. Because everybody's jamming that. Everybody's jamming it. (laughs) And that's the thing. When I think of supplementation, people spend a lot of money on that too. Yeah. And they don't understand, I think, sometimes, you know, the damage that creatine can do, especially if you're not cycling it. Yep. Um, But also, you got to ask yourself, what are you trying to get? And our population, you know, we're looking at these athletes and these athletes are trying to squeeze out that 1% of, of, you know, performance. And so I get it. You're doing everything else right. You're eating right. You're training, you know, cycling, you're training the right way then that might be it. That creatine might be the difference between you and that other person, you know, jumping high enough at the hoop or going for the tackle yep. or, you know, but the reality is for the responders, it's the sleep, it's the wear and tear on the body, it's the gut health. And so I think shifting that philosophy and that focus away from quote unquote performance products to wellness products will then elicit so much more performance in the, the tactical space. Get much better outcomes. Yeah. 100%. Beautiful. All right. Well, then go into some closing questions. The first one I love to ask, is there a book that you love to recommend? It can be related to what we've discussed today or something completely different. Wow. 
a book you'd like to recommend? Um, well, I am a massive fan of Catcher in the Rye. Um, but that's that's like a, a, a that's off the off the grid a little bit, you know, when I'm trying to decompress. I will tell you that one of my dearest friends and uh, and clients and customers is a gentleman again. Another, I have so many people who could be on your podcast. <laughs> one of my guests is to ask, but I'm not even going to bother asking because you already listed ten. But so. <laughs> but, but uh, his name is Frank Lipman. So Frank Lipman is a medical doctor out of New York City. He's the founder and and uh, and lead practitioner of Eleven Eleven Wellness. And I have a copy of his book I'm going to give to you before you leave. Um, but his, uh, and he just released his new book on aging well last week. Um, but his, he has three different books that I have here at my house. The one over here, hold on, I'm going to step up, stand by. Is the new health rules. Beautiful. That the new is, health rules. That one is, that one is, that one is awesome. So, I mean, I love Frank's books. They're very, very didactic. They're very simple. They're very pragmatic. He's an amazing functional medicine practitioner. And um, I, I think that, uh, you know, those, his, his books really kind of encapsulate and bring everything into focus in terms of living an optimal and healthy life. Beautiful. Yeah, I see Mark uh, Hyman has done the. the Mark Hyman as well. did a little forward on that one. Yeah. I don't. I you know I don't know who did the forward on his new book because they haven't shown up here yet. I ordered a bunch of them, um, but uh, but Frank has some amazing amazing books in that sense, and uh, I mean I think that would be my my go to on, on those. All right. Well, thank you. Perfect. All right. Same question: Is there a movie and or a documentary that you love? You're going to bring out my immaturity. Please. So <laughs> the uh, the movie that I love is The Campaign with Will Ferrell. And it's incredibly compelling as it relates to our Election Day podcast that we're talking about. Um, that's it, with Zach. Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis and yep. Will Ferrell. Probably favorite movie ever. Um, and documentary is actually, uh, I love Super Size Me. I watched that with my kids when they were like probably, you know, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, and they were like amazed at how horrifying McDonald's was because they loved McDonald's so much. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right. Well, the next question is a guess, but I, you told me Frank Lippman and then a load of other people, so we'll just collate all those names and, <laughs> and figure it out. So, next question: um, What do you do to decompress? Meditate or try to meditate and yoga. And use any specific app, style of meditation, uh, yoga instructor. Got headspace. Sometimes doesn't work. Uh, I'll be honest. It, it, it is 60% uh, of the time it doesn't work. Um, but I still try to get into that whole little routine of, you know, trying to do the breathing, do everything else. And then now yoga has been a little bit of a challenge because of everything with COVID. Um, it was a great studio that I was going to here in, uh, in Winter Park area. Um, and they've started to reopen up and so forth, but I've got different apps and they do stuff and they, they stream it. And so try to do yoga two to three times a week. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. When you say it doesn't work, it just that the the app is working. It's just not having the effect that you hope for when it comes to head, Headspace. Uh no. no. So I, I, I let me yeah let me take that back. I have a lot going on in my mind, um, and when I say it doesn't work, meaning that I there's certain time. I don't know if you have, have you ever meditated. Yeah, I did it this morning. The Headspace. Okay, right. Yeah, so I, I, I love Headspace. I yeah. mean, I think Pudicum. So Frank Lipman turned me on to Andy Pudicum because mm-hmm. Andy was one of his patients. Oh, really? And, and Andy was, was on the show. And yeah, and Andy's awesome. And I I think Headspace is tremendous. Um, and there's, I don't know if it works for you and how it works for you, but like I, there's like one out of every seven times I'm like, I got it. That that worked. I did it. And every other time, I'm thinking like, okay, I got all this other stuff going on. I'm trying to calm down. I'm trying to re- relax and trying to do things. But I'm thinking, all right, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? And what's going on with this? And oh shit, I got to pay this bill. And oh my god, I got oh my god, I got to call in like 45 minutes. And so I just I, that's my biggest my my 2021 focus is to be able to be more calm. Yeah. What time of day do you normally do it? Five forty-five to six a.m. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, that's that's what I found. That's my morning routine. I sit on my porch yeah. as the sun's rising. Yep. The times well with my son going to school. Um, but yeah. So my mind, it seems a little easier to quiet it then. Yep. But uh, but uh, I get that voice too, and, and I think when they talk about observing that voice, yep. allowing it to be there, but it's hard. You know, I, yeah. even with my, I talked about this with a couple of the yoga people too. Like my diaphragm almost starts quivering, and that's still yeah. that hypervigilance still ingrained in me from from a career. But yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely it's tough when you're you know a hard charger sounds a little arrogant, but you know if you're that kind of personality where you've just got so much you want to get done, to allow yourself that time to be quiet and just tell that voice to shut the hell up. To your time. Yeah, you know, I think the I I and you know not to bring religion into this, but I, I pray a lot too. So, you know, I mean, I think that's that's a uh, uh, that helps keep me calm. Yeah. So um, and that's, I think, uh, ingrained for me from my from my mom and dad and, you know, my my upbringing. And um, and, you know, hopefully I've been able to communicate that effectively to my kids. And ultimately, that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, then last question. So if people want to reach out to either you personally or find Thorn online, where are the best places? So you didn't want me to give my address out earlier, so which is fine. <laughs> I mean, you can. I no, I'm not, not going to recommend No, but I mean, they can go to, they obviously can go to Thorn.com. So you can go to Thorn.com. And I mean, my email is uh, Will McCamey at Thorn.com. Um, W-I-L-L-M-C-C-Amy, A-M-Y, at Thorn.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions or engage or chat with anybody about it. And if anybody really wants to track me down, they can call you. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Or email me. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that we're going to throw some axes in a minute. So I'm excited about that. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, but I want to say thank you so much. It's been, it's been a great conversation and, and hearing, you know, Joel and Wes and their perspective on, on their journey you know, with Thorn and then hearing yours. You know, I love the fact that we're able to paint this picture and, and just, you know, just give people the information. They can make their own decisions, but if they are spending X amount on a supplement that they are trying to have an effect with, my goal is just to educate them and maybe make them realize that there are some other places that they can spend the exact same money and have a much more uh, 
you know, a greater result with, with greater education behind it. So thank you so much for being awesome. so generous. Well, I really appreciate the time, James. Thank you.